1: All right, people, here we go. It is now uh, Tuesday, February the 4th. It is 2020, and we've got you covered here on the early line on the grid, com. Big uh, big night across uh, the NBA and, of course, uh, college uh, basketball, not to mention it was the day after the hangover of the big game, and the ratings are in. So we'll uh, we'll see how it stacks up against, oh, I don't know, the uh, the rest of the Super Bowls over the years. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri. And uh, big night, big game in the NBA tonight, including the uh, the future when you get the Greek freak going up against Zion. Uh, the next 10 years, 15 years worth of NBA basketball, uh, you're going to be watching it uh, tonight. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities there. Another 21. NBA uh, college basketball games that are going to be on tap we watched number one Baylor uh, do their thing again last night uh yep. taking care of business on the road so they I am sure will remain at the uh the top of everyone's list along with the zags and uh Kansas ain't going anywhere either so much to get to here with that card but Dane the, the ratings and I don't know I don't know if I'm looking at this the right way the wrong way mm-hmm. I think it's it was the 10th most watched Super Bowl in history. So we'll go ahead and start with that. So the 10th most watched in history. However, it was on the grand scheme of things, TV and digital, 102 million people watched. That is barely guys. That is barely in the top 20% of all the Super Bowls over the past 54 years. But Everything being relative, it was obviously because Super Bowls are a lot like pizza. Even when it sucks, it's not bad. It's still good. You know, it's because it's pizza. Even when you don't get the kinds of numbers that you think you're going to on a relative scale, the reality is it's still the damn Super Bowl. And it's still by far the most watched program in the history or all year long. But the other problem that I have is the the recording of this. And right. you got to ask yourself, so 227 go. and a half million people. What the hell were you watching on Sunday if you weren't watching the damn Super Bowl? Or I don't, maybe you were showering after the halftime show. I'm not mm. sure. You might have needed that. Uh, but all in all, given what we know about how consumers consume yep. uh, their their habits of uh, of television and video, I got to believe we are, and I'm a relative figure here. We got to be somewhere around 50 million people off as far as that goes. I mean, Absolutely. they're usually pretty good, but uh, we watch in a, di- a bunch of different, different ways, ways. But th- as from an ad standpoint, they're putting out 102 million. So I got to think those numbers are probably massaged a little bit as it is. But uh, I'm shocked that it's not uh, it's not more than that. I know worldwide it's crazy, but 102 million people in this country were tuned into it, Dane, which is relatively low. Not even in the top 20% of all the Super Bowls.
2: Yeah, you know what's interesting to me? I saw that also. I saw 102 million for the game. Joe, I also saw 103 million for halftime. right so an extra million people were like just set my clocks to j-lo and shakira but i think you have the right point here in this day and age where we have cut the cord right Mm -hmm. and we're streaming we got it on apps which you know who knows how people are watching it i joe i seriously doubt these numbers are accurate you know what i mean because i was at my friend's house with about 15 20 people and we were streaming it i don't know if that's counted or not right? right and then so many people do it in I guess um, informal ways, shall we say? And I just do not trust that these numbers are
1: accurate, much like the Iowa caucuses, Joe. Yes, well, and I got they gotta take into consideration. Listen, you you go to a bar, any any right. sports bar in this country. You got 300, 500 people in a bar, probably all consumer eyeballs on it. So it's kind of hard. But if you're talking television sets, people's homes, you got over 300 million people in the country here, guys. So I guess having 102 million of them tuned into it uh, is still good. But again, relative, it's not the only thing encapsulating people anymore in 2020 so 20 years ago let's face it what the hell else were you watching right. on sunday when you didn't have the internet options are a beautiful thing Joe. Uh, and even with given all of those options that we have to still get over 102 million people to tune into the game i think is is pretty interesting and it actually stayed pretty steady throughout the quarters, too, because they usually break them down uh, by game. Sometimes if it's a blowout, people tune out. I remember the uh, the Patriots in Atlanta game where most people by halftime, actually, the the ratings went plummeted at halftime because it was a blowout. It was 28-3. And then all of a sudden, by the fourth quarter, people couldn't. The numbers in the fourth quarter were higher than they were in the first half because everyone started running back to the television sets when yeah. they realized. Oh crap, it's a game. It was a steady game, 10-10 at halftime. So and to your point, there were a million extra people that were just interested to see what does uh, 50-year-old J Lo and 43-year-old. I I and they were probably all in Miami. So I got no problem <laughs> with go. that whatsoever. But again, it's still the nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing in the Consuming of uh, of sports landscape is bigger than that game. Nothing else would get a hundred million people in this day and age to gather at the same time. Uh, in this country. I can't think of anything else. No, me neither.
2: You know, when we talk about the handle of things like March Madness comes to mind, but that's spread across a weekend or an entire month. And Joe, it literally comes down to as we cut the cord and people have so many different options, they are going to find exactly what suits them. Just like SportsGrid, the first network completely free and completely for the gambling and fantasy enthusiasts. We'll talk about it more. We'll talk about how you can get the edge on SportsGrid right after this news update
0: sports grid news update thank you Dane. thank you joe it is chris Pavone with your fantasy excuse me sports grid news update you guys get on the grid if you want to make that cash. The NBA Tread Day trade deadline is around the corner and the rumors are heating up faster than all of our faces when we watch that halftime show on Sunday. The Celtics are among the teams engaged in talks with the Rockets about a possible clean Capella trade according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. The Hawks have been cited most frequently as a potential landing spot for, for Capella and the Kings are said to have expressed interest and in wealth. The Rockets' ultimate goal in dealing Capella would be to acquire a wing and, and another center. The Rockets would also like to add Andre Iguodala and that could possibly happen. Why? David Aldridge of The Athletic tweets that Iggy is preparing to sit out the remainder of the season if the Memphis Grizzlies do not trade him to one of his preferred destinations by the deadline. However, uh, Iguodala has an expiring $70 million contract and salary matching is one of the issues that has hindered the deal to a prime contender. There has been talk that Iguodala could get moved to the Mavericks but recent reports suggest that's not the case. Uh, you can't have a trade... R- You cannot have a trade rumor mill without saying the name D'Angelo Russell. Mm. General belief has been that the Warriors will probably wait until the off to seriously consider a move involving D'Lo, but a handful of reporters have indicated today that a deal this week remains possible. Multiple sources have reported that the Minnesota Timberwolves are shopping for D'Lo, as well as the New York Knicks. And Zach Lowe of ESPN is reporting that the Miami Heat have asked about a deal involving Danilo Gallinari of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Speaking of the Miami Heat, we go down there. Jimmy Butler cruised to a season-high 38 points on Monday as Miami handed the Philadelphia 76ers their worst loss of the season, 137-106. to 106. That's what I call a revenge game. Butler scored 23 points in the first half, his second most in a half this season, and he went 7-for-10 for 19 points in the game with Ben Simmons as his primary defender. Simmons, after the game, called out, called out his team as being soft. This is the second time he's done this to Billy, to his Philly teammates in a year. And in baseball news, the Houston Astros have named former Rays executive James Click as their new GM. He was vice president of operations for Tampa Bay from 2017 to 2019. He takes over for Jeff Lunau, who was fired for the, from the team in the wake of the league investigation involving the cheating scandal. Guys, that is the news from me, Chris Bavona. Let's get back to the early line.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And it's funny that um, Jimmy Butler scores 38 points, seven boards, three steals. Guys, he did it in three quarters last night. And shame on me, I screwed up. Uh, I I had it in front of me yesterday, and I did not mention it in What's the that? show. And kissed. And honestly, and I apologize to you guys for not relaying this to you. I forgot to mention that the Philadelphia 76ers flew in the day of the Super Bowl. Oh, that's Miami. a bad decision. Yeah, That's so a bad Joel Embiid and <laughs> company were actually—
2: Trying to find J-Lo. Trying Super to find Shakira.
1: Bowl. Yeah, so they didn't fly in the night of and, and over—no, no, no. They flew in early Sunday, so they were actually in it's Miami. That's a decision. During the Super Bowl, and I come and I had it in big letters in front of me, and I yeah, did not it, and i Apologize <laughs> it because it was only a two and a half line. It was, uh, it was one of the easiest bets of the year, and I'm sorry not to mention the Philadelphia 76ers are by far the worst road team right. in the NBL and the NBA of contenders, guys. They are atrocious, and the Heat in- don't lose at football. home. No, it they don't well and Philadelphia doesn't loot home either. But you can't you've gotta be able to win on the road if you're gonna be considered one of these, you know, upper echelon teams sure. in the NBA. You can't win on the road. And the fact that Simmons is calling him out. Well, listen, Simmons was here with the Kardashians uh, you right. know, all Sunday as well. It wasn't like he was uh ripping them up, but you could you could see early on in that game there was uh, a little bit of lethargic uh, happening there as the uh, the alcohol from the night before the partying the night before. Yeah, um, probably best if you show up day of game, maybe fly mm-hmm. in as opposed to uh, showing up the day before the Super Bowl. Yet yeah, not a good situation, but kudos to the Miami Heat 137-106. And by the way, it wasn't the biggest blowout of the night. There was one game that outdid it, set the records. Really? Give you that game. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. You almost never hear of it. We'll talk about that next. Coming up here on the grid, it's the early line. all right welcome in it's the early line here on the grid sportsgrid.com big uh, big night for nba games 13 nhl games as they uh as they are now at a halfway point and get ready uh and marching to the uh to the playoffs there in the nhl 21 college basketball games and of course the big one tonight will be the bucks and new orleans pelicans zion versus the greek freak but a couple of other very interesting games on tap here that uh, already are seeing some market movement uh, we'll talk about that the XFL debut Saturday so much going on in the world of sports and the you know some of the numbers are also in dane from not only the ratings but sports books across sure. the country they do and uh, you know a lot of times Sometimes when you have, uh, you know, Super Bowls, they don't necessarily live up to the the hype or the expectations. And, you know, sometimes the handle that we think is going to be isn't there, but Mm -hmm. uh, it delivered uh, from coast to coast here. We are talking uh, a big time win for. The public, and we told you yesterday, with the Chiefs being the public darlings and Mahomes being the MVP, that was those seemed to be the two top bets of the public across the board leading up to it. There were some books that uh, that came close to uh, to making a few bucks. In fact, there were a couple of books that did make uh, a few dollars, but there were other books, uh, including in uh, in New Jersey, that were reporting. Um, Four million, five million dollars in losses uh, also because and again, and this is why it is so important to remember guys around the country, different books, different regions, regionalism, different favorites, different. Now, while it's nice, obviously, the guys out in the West Coast got a lot of uh, got a lot of 49er love. Mm -hmm. There was still a lot of Patrick Mahomes love out there to kind of. uh, to kind of offset it because on the east coast yeah there was a lot more paying out of Kansas City Patrick Mahomes and others there dane than there was necessarily out on the uh on the west coast so a couple of books on the west even close to many money some of the books on the east took a uh, took a bath but it's always great when you hear the sports books go hey you win some you lose some because they know right around the corner the single Biggest moneymaker for them and something that blows handle out of the water is March Madness, and that is just around the corner. So I think the books will survive. I don't think anybody's going to cry a tear over them, but across 20 states now with legalized sports betting and you got 20 states with different books all over the country. Some did well, others not so well. And you know what? Anytime we hear books losing money. We applaud it, Dane. That means uh, that means we're winning, and that's really what we want at the end of the day, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, Joe, at the beginning of this, when you were talking about the books got, you know, banged up, my I, I originally wrote a note down, oh, I am not shedding a tear for the books, right? Like, we're, we're here to try to beat the books and give you all the information you need here on SportsGrid to do so. So, I'm okay with that, right? And then... Also, what I would wonder, Joe, is we were talking about correlated bets, and a lot of the Niners folks also had unders, right, because that was their game script. So, you know, maybe it canceled each other out a little bit. Those Niners fans maybe lost on San Fran but hit on the total and vice versa. If you were backing the Chiefs, a lot of people were leaning over. You and I, Joe, I know, we're two of the only people, really, that had Kansas City and the under as something of a contrarian play. And then you mentioned the regionalism. And we've talked about this, and I wanted to make the point, especially in college sports, right? Mm -hmm. In college sports, that's where you have these conferences. That's where everybody rides with their region. And you mentioned March Madness. Joe, I also think it shapes up where what you have, I guess you have, you know, the Baylor, the Kansas, right in the middle of the country as contenders. But I am very interested to see, say, a school like Gonzaga. Joe. Mm-hmm. Okay. On uh, over on FanDuel, they're 10 to 1 to win the National Championship in the futures market. All right. I wonder if that's different in Vegas. I wonder if you look at a school like Gonzaga versus a school like, oh, I don't know, Duke, let's say Mm -hmm. here on the East Coast, how those things will shake up. And if you will get edges on the West Coast for a team like Duke, whereas here on the East Coast with the bias, the East Coast bias, they may be you might get a better value on a school like the Zags.
1: You won't at the top because okay. of how how big a um how, how big a national teams they are. When you're talking about the Dukes and the Zags, okay. who've been so good for so long, but this year, Joe, so, we got like San Diego State, Dayton, yeah, those kind of schools. That's a different ballgame. But when you have teams that have only lost once or haven't lost. The public knows that as well. It's those middle-of-the-road teams you'll really start to see some difference on. It's those middle-of-the-road, like Minnesota, um, the Maryland, okay. for instance, some of these Big Ten teams. Uh, what do you do with uh, Oklahoma, for instance, right now, middle of the Big 12? Those kinds of things is where you'll start to see a, um, a bigger swing than the Dukes, Kentucky, okay. the Zags, who have one law, You know, those teams at the top, even if it is a San Diego State right now, uh it, everybody knows they're undefeated even if you haven't been following basketball if you just opened up and looked and said I want to place a bet on a future you're like wow <laughs> okay defeated they must be you know that. so it's I think once you get past number 15 right like those top 15 then it starts to get interesting as far as what are you going to so what about like what Seton Florida? Hall what about Seton yeah, Hall? Seton Hall Florida Oregon out on the west coast money? Right. What is going to happen with those middle of the road teams that we know are good are going to be contenders, but you know what? They don't nearly get as much love. BYU is another one of these teams have a top five graphic in Giannis Childs that nobody is talking about. But this guy can go in there and absolutely run anybody over out west. But the public's not going to know that. Only people that die hard. So. It'll be interesting uh, over in the Pacific Northwest, watch mm-hmm. those books in that corner uh, for teams like BYU and yeah. others that are going to be kind of that middle of the road we know have value, but those that are uh, from the outside looking in, the East Coast, nobody's betting BYU. Right. Like, they're absolutely, they're betting them in out West. And who out in Utah bet. is talking
2: about Seton Hall.
1: Right exactly exactly correct and and th- guys that's the the reality of the situation moving forward is more and more and they're anticipating a report yesterday uh at least six more states here uh before the end of the year absolutely will have uh, uh and that's just a a foregone conclusion that right. at least another six states before the end of the year will get the legislation in place and Voila, you'll have sports books and mobile betting there, not to mention a number of states. Even the one that I'm in has legislation right now that could very well uh, by April get passed and then get the process rolling. So it could be another dozen states, uh, 32, Dane, before it's all said and done, and then you want to talk about shopping. Sure. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> you're betting numbers, not teams, guys. It's a fundamental principle. When you've got, you know, 25, 30... Uh, states around the country that uh, that have opportunities for you to be able to place wagers in. It's it's going to be very interesting the next 12 to 18 months, Dane, because you know you first of all you alone just being able to in New York, heaven mm-hmm. forbid, the mobile uh, ever. Yeah, gets, it's about uh, the mobile
2: and, here in New York.
1: It's well, it's going to be like that anywhere. Let's face it, but it's going to be interesting to see. How books are policing it, you know. Hey, who's got a who's got a brother in Indiana? (laughs) Who's you know got it? It's going to be interesting to see how the betting shapes up, and obviously limits are going to be interesting to watch. True, Uh, and the betting public, how much more handle. Do we get or do these books get now? And the more books, Dane, we've said this, the more competition. Yeah. The better for you and I, man, because how many people did you talk to had whether it be Points Bet or FanDuel? had those promotional lines going on during the Super Bowl that people took advantage of.
2: Absolutely. Consider me one of them. Consider me one of them. I told you yesterday, one of the, to be quite honest, one of the best bets I hit on Sunday (laughs) was a same game kind of parlay thing of Kelsey scoring a touchdown and the Chiefs to win. Right. This is that's the kind of bet I would not have made at all. Okay, until it got flashed to me as an odds boost, right? It was a thing that was supposed to be plus 250. They gave it to me at plus 375. I was like, sure, I'll take it. Yep. We were talking over the over the weekend, Joe. Remember how I gave out a good old Sophia Kennan, the American yes. woman that won the Australian Open? Odds boost, Joe. It was put in front of my face. And we talk about it. Listen, we live in a capitalistic society, at least for another few months, right? And 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 this idea that competition is a beautiful thing. Here's the other way we've been seeing it over the course of the last year, Joe them offering this kind of like free karma payback and forgiveness. We'll reimburse you on both sides of the Mahomes rushing total, right? Mm -hmm. We'll pay out the Saints bet after the uh, pass interference last year. We'll pay out Harden and Giannis Mm -hmm. for MVP. These, in essence, are all marketing tools for these books, for these websites, because they now have to compete for your sports investment dollar, right? And when there's competition out there, it's a beautiful thing. It's the same as if there's three shops on your block. They're gonna mm-hmm. have to have the lowest price for you to go get
1: your coffee there in the morning. Absolutely. And it's uh it'll be interesting too to see over the next uh while it's still fresh in people's minds, and again, don't forget XFL uh starting, yeah. football will be back on Saturday. But while it and often we've see it, and now it'll be interesting because there's twenty books, you know, I read there's twenty states right. around the country. How many people will be running in to uh, to drop a couple of bucks down on some of the future bets for next year? Because we already have uh, seen some mm-hmm. of the the overreaction in uh, in some places where uh, you know Mahomes is already leading is, is the chalk for right. MVP of next year, and we already know Kansas City is. Uh, the, the top choice for, and I can tell you right now, there were a lot of people talking Kansas City fans uh, yesterday that they're all, their money's already on the dynasty, already placing the bets why they can on the Kansas City Chiefs to go ahead and win it all. Despite, you know, despite the fact that of all the things we know with, yeah, you're going to pay Mahomes at some point forty million million. What about everybody day, else? But... I got a question. There's going to be one team like San Francisco. We know Dane who's going to go from four and twelve to guess what, the playoffs. And I've got nominees.
2: Who is that? Nominees,
1: and we'll see what the numbers are. We'll do that coming up. Next Sounds good. Year. on the grid, it's the early line.
3: SportsGrid.com.
1: Uh, told you the Miami Heat crushing the Sixers uh, last night at the Triple A, one thirty-seven to one hundred six. Jimmy Butler drops uh, thirty-eight on them in uh, three quarters. Didn't even play the fourth quarter. Hysterical. It was right. not th- the biggest blowout of the night, although it was. Man, that was pretty fun to watch. Certainly, if you uh, you were laying the two with uh, with Miami, it yeah. was never in doubt. Uh, record breaking Talk when i me. tell you record breaking uh beat down last night um the uconn women's ah. basketball team guys were handed their worst home loss in over 30 years guys they uh they took on number three oregon and by yeah. the way They are the number four team in the country, so it's not like they are down. They are not number one, but Oregon's number three. Yeah, they're still there. And UConn is four. Still one of the unbelievable home court advantages and still one of the top programs in the country. Uh, Worst loss at home that we have seen in over 30 years. Poor Gino over there got Mm. his ass handed to him last night. 74 to, uh, to 56. Right. And while that may seem like, wow, this is, that's not that bad. That's what I'm saying. If yeah.
2: 18 points is your worst loss
1: ever at this home, that's UConn saying something for you. About. Right. Yukon yeah, right. <laughs> people like to go 30. It's almost a compliment. And never get your ass handed to you is crazy. When you think about, we're talking Yukon basketball. Think about how dominant they have been. Sure. And yeah, they've gone uh, since the early eighties. They haven't gotten uh, a loss quite like that at home. A little spoiled, but uh, I would definitely—and you don't have to bet college women's college basketball, guys—but I would definitely look on the schedule at who UConn is playing next. next? I'm just right. throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, go see, It's all about situational spots. Sure, guys. go look at who you can You may never ever the again sacrificial in your life lamb. At women's <laughs> basketball. I would just go take a look at who UConn is playing next and see what that. As a matter of fact. It don't even matter what the line is. I don't care who it is. Just (laughs) bet it. Just bet
2: it. Maybe the over as well, Hanja.
1: Exactly they're gonna put so it up. Yeah. Although I don't know that the other team might That's score true. thirty points. One of those minutes. high school
2: games, right? We're looking at like eighty seven to twenty two or something Ooh, like that in the life. next
1: one. <laughs> yeah, it's people. a good it just one. Just bet. Don't even question it. Just uh just bet it. There, I told you that one. I forgot to tell you about the Sixers in the Super Bowl, but uh yeah. I won't miss this one. Make sure Hey Joe, you, let
2: me ask uh, you something. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn is playing like point guard. Drogic isn't even starting.
1: Yeah, for no, no, he's been like that all year. I know, but they're like, like they
2: don't actually have, I remember, because I keep on telling you, I really think Drew Holiday, who, you know, if you believe the Pelicans, right, whether they're going for the playoffs or trading, I really believe he would be a great fit there. Are they still in the point guard market? We got only 48 hours, Joe.
1: Yeah, it's only 48 hours all all across the board, but uh, yes, they they are in shooting help is what they need, and somebody that can play both ends of the court, both defensively as well. Pat Riley going to work some magic? He's 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 been on the phone. They've all been on the phone. It seems like sure. over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours to get something done. But Dragic is part of that second unit coming right. off the bench. We talk about the you know Montrez Harrells and the Lou Williams of the world, and with the sure. Clippers, and um, that's the Miami version there. Tyler Hero and Dragic off the bench, just dropping dimes all over the place. It's very hard to beat that kind of that kind of second unit, Telling which you. is. Guys, that's the NBA these days, is that your second unit, you better have some depth. It can't just all be about your starters. You got to be able to have some guys that come off the bench. That's what they've built there, and they're looking to add a little bit more. Uh, But we mentioned, guys, that, uh, listen, Mahomes coming up is going to get paid, and congratulations. Um, We also know that the future market's uh, already some money coming in on not only Mahomes for the MVP, but people already uh you know back in uh, the dynasty here they're already taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win next year and it is obviously a little chalky here but no if fun. you if you rode Kansas City and made some money i get it you're a diehard Kansas City fan you're going to uh, you're going to drop some money but the reality is the San Francisco 49ers were a 4 and 12 team a year ago and then they made it to the Super Bowl. And there is going to be another one of these teams this year yep. that is going to go from the seller um, you know, to the top of the board here. We see it each and every year. The question is, if you were going to take a shot on a future team here yeah. next year, what, who is that San Francisco 49ers team that was less than stellar, under 500 this year, right. that can make that leap Dane, to the possible Super Bowl, I got it. There's a I got a of couple of them. 30 to 40 to yeah, one range. I got you. I think that's where you got to look.
2: I, I I agree. I wanted to first find out from you, like, how much bottom of the barrel are we going, right? Like, are we talking about, you know, oh, truly the bottom? Or But I've got three, three options. To
1: 40 range. Yeah, I think right. that's probably smart. I have I mean, if three to to
2: teams. I have three teams that technically finished in last place. Okay. this year. okay, so three of the eight last place teams I can make a case for as value. Okay, maybe you don't even want to go to their Super Bowl number, but something like a make playoffs number. It's like, Joe, when we're doing the golf tournaments, right? You could pick a winner or you could pick top five, top ten, something like that. So let me make three cases and see if you respond. One of them is based on talent. One of them is based on a quarterback and one of them is based on coaching. All right. The one based on a quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals, Joe, Um, they're 70 to one. Joe, Mm -hmm. all right, here's my thing. The Super Bowl hangover is real, in my opinion. Okay, and things went right for Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers, it's possible they take a step back. You and I have both been fading the Los Angeles Rams for a while. The walls are closing in on them. I think Jared Goff gets further exposed next year as someone who didn't deserve a $130 million contract. Remember, also, a fourth-place schedule always helps teams. Seattle will be there with Russell Wilson, but if Kyler Murray and you know, Kingsbury take a step forward in year two, and they invest everything free agency draft-wise on that defense, I think they have a shot in year two to, you know, massage their system a little bit better and make some progress, Joe. And they're at 70-1 to right now. If you like shorter odds, Joe, and you know I've been backing this team for the better part of three years, give an eye to the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay their roster we all know is strong defensively right with Boza and Ingram Derwin James missed a lot of games last year Philip Rivers was their problem Joe Throwing it up, turning the ball over. They've said they're going to turn the page, whether it's Brady or whether it's someone like an Andy Dalton, a, a, a Cam Newton, or a draft pick. They may get better quarterback play, and no one has ever said that the roster, the personnel of the Chargers is bad. You give them a fourth-place schedule and maybe an actual home field advantage, I think they can take big-time strides. And the last one I'll give you, Joe, is the Carolina Panthers. Mm. Carolina Panthers are 60-1, to Joe. They were in last place. Remember their quarterback position. What happens with Cam Newton? And what we've seen with Matt Rule and the new passing coordinator, Joe Brady, right? That can get good real quick. I also think that division may look a lot different next year if Drew Brees decides to walk Mm -hmm. away. We don't know who will be playing quarterback at Tampa. It depends on if you believe, you know, Dan Quinn saved his job with a late-season stand. I think the Chargers... I think the Panthers and I think the Cardinals are all teams that could take big steps forward in 2020, Joe.
1: Yeah, and it should be noted, too, that the quarterback carousel is certainly of going course. to be responsible for a lot of market movement happening here over the next couple of months. And if it's one thing betters don't like, it's uncertainty. So I would anticipate the money continuing to come in at the uh, at the top of the board here. And the favorites continue to be favorites. The Baltimore's, the the yeah. Kansas City's, these types of teams continuing to get the money. Uh, but I'll throw a couple of other names in there. I, I think the Indianapolis Colts are definitely going to be a team to keep an eye on next year uh, because the foundation is there. The offensive line is there. Oh, yeah. The coaching is there. They need uh, a couple. They need some upgrades at some skill position guys, which they'll be able to get. Uh, they got in a lot of money. Draft. Yeah, they got a ton of money to spend here too as well. And I think um, I think they are going to be a very interesting team because of the fact that the foundation, the front office on down, they, they get it. They have a plan. The question is going to be quarterback. Are they going to continue? Yeah. Are they going to go out and get somebody? Anything is on the table for them, but outside of that, everything else to me, they can make the necessary changes to be able to step up and and be that team next year where, yeah, we could be talking about uh, Indy in a situation. They're competing with uh, the Chiefs and whoever else you're going to have at the top. I do think... Maybe they'll get a kicker that can put it through the uprights, too. Don't sleep on the Raiders, guys. Just don't sleep on the Raiders. We don't know what the quarterback situation is, but... I think we all know that Gruden and Mayock are not going to sit there. They're going to go make a play, and many people are saying, whether it be Brady or whoever, there's going to be a play on one of these quarterbacks to come in there, and that team going into Vegas, again, young, now a year under them, sure. still some money, draft, draft picks, capital uh, coming in, guys that are exa- – you. you know, in this free agency period, guys, let me tell you something. A lot of guys are going to want to go play in Vegas. Sure, A lot of guys are going to want to go play for that team over there. Love the offensive line. Uh, The defense is going to get a little more grown up here this year. I I love what they're doing in there as a sleeper. Don't uh, don't don't move away from the Oakland Raiders. They are definitely a team that uh, that is going to be able to contend. And I can't again, the Cowboys. You, you got to be able to look at the Cowboys and go, you know, they're in that 30 to 41 range, guys, yeah. that tar- all the pieces are there. Now, I don't get what's taking so long about Dak Prescott. Like, I don't know what other option you have, Jerry. Like, you can't you've pushed this and kicked this can down the road long enough. You're, he. Either you pay him or he's not showing up. It's going to be right. that's it. You're going to have all the drama again. So I do think the Cowboys have some value at the price point because of.
2: Cowboys 17 to 1. Raiders yeah. 60 to 1. Colts yep. 35 to 1.
1: A little bit in each category there, guys. But you got to pay Dak. If you, otherwise, what the hell are you doing?
2: Well, you got Amari out there, too. Yeah.
3: Hey, there are a lot of yeah. decisions to be made.
1: Ridiculous. Hopefully he makes the right one, but Gary, you so know, probably. all right welcome back in nice card here tonight uh, in the nba just four games you've got uh you've got 21 games coming up in the uh college hoops arena and uh i i really am looking forward to being able to uh check out uh zion yeah and the craziness there uh tonight taking on uh you know of course the the Greek freak, who everyone is uh, already Dane, and I'm wondering, do we have a uh, do we have a updated line on this? It wasn't out earlier. I wasn't sure if there was uh, an injury situation or not, but I'm curious to see yeah. if where this line is uh, is lit up because this is a game tonight, guys. National TV spot, small card, right? TNT, right. Small card, primed. To get a boatload of recreational dollars into the marketplace that have not been there prior because people are tuning now their attention and their money over towards the NBA and Kyle Choop. So I imagine the look ahead yeah, was, was maybe double digits. What are you looking at now?
2: No. <laughs> well, if you thought it was double digits, there has been movement, Joe. The, the Bucks are on the road, right? This game is in New Orleans. Yes. The Bucks on the road are laying six. Points okay, so you got New Orleans at home plus six, plus
1: six. Okay, and the
2: total we were talking about this, right? This is, is where it's getting win. out of control. Yep. This is where it's getting out of control, Joe 44 How and much?
1: a half. Oh, god, and it's still gonna and uh, and, that's yeah, gonna that, and gonna it's gonna go. go up, right? It's gonna creep up, <laughs> absolutely. Is it going to creep up? Yeah, 244 up. Now, and, and a half. We have had right now the Bucks. By
2: contrast, Joe, really... just, just by contrast, other games in the NBA tonight, right? Yeah. Spurs-Lakers, 229.
1: Charlotte. Yeah. Right.
2: Nuggets-Blazers, 225. Right. And this one at 244. Uh, yeah. the, I don't see a total on FanDuel, Joe, for Hornets-Rockets, okay? There's no total. And I'm wondering, yeah. honestly, I'm wondering if the idea that uh, some Rockets, namely Clint Capella, may move in the next Eighteen hours before tip off, you know what do they do with these totals and lines when they're so right up against the trade deadline? Joe, is it a low limit kind of thing because you don't want to get it in and then have the roster be different come uh, come tip off?
1: No, it, no, because the the books, the only thing that keeps a uh, that keeps it off uh, the the market is injury? usually uncertainty for injury and who's going to start, and they're really good at once that information, and there are also. We don't know uh, if Capella is going to be available for the Rockets tonight. Well, he hasn't been available anyway, so yeah, it doesn't change the guy. He hasn't true. played anyway, so he's been hurt. So yeah. the it's interesting because there are some guys that uh, that make a living at doing just that, trying to beat the beat the books in the market, getting the information, a tip off on information from an injury standpoint. So before it gets pulled down and readjusted for whatever the news is, which is why it is so important to bet NBA games early, guys, is ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous in this day and age because you don't know an hour before tip-off, all of a sudden somebody that seems healthy is all of a sudden questionable, then turned to doubtful, then all of a sudden out, and you're stuck holding a number like, holy crap, what the hell did we just, what just happened here? Uh, That's the that's the NBA right now. And I'm looking at the injury report. Uh, Russell Westbrook is doubtful. So Ah, that's where you're at right now. So Westbrook is doubtful. Austin Rivers is active. Compellers is already out. Right. Um, So that's so it's always in Houston. It's not because of the bench. They got no bench. So right, it's Harden and Westbrook. See, the Harden and a Westbrook is some combination. There's a question, which is why you won't see a line on the board early, and then as the day progresses, you'll eventually figure it out. Um, Charlotte is, listen, they're not going to score 100 points anyway, so it really doesn't make a difference. To your point, on this board thing, guys, 244, 245, we watched that Houston game now, right? What was that over the weekend? 249 that made it up to there. Uh, against uh, New Orleans and that didn't even come close. So the question is, the Greek freak on the road in New Orleans, two very high teams, but this is gonna get so artificially inflated Dana. I'm gonna wait maybe just about until, yeah. what time's the tip-off? 7.25, the minute it hits 248, 249, somewhere in that ballpark, I'm hammering the under. There will be points, don't get me wrong, but understand, for in order for something to hit 250, do you have yeah, any really. idea how little has to go wrong for you in order for that not to hit, for you to lose that bet? Like, I mean, everything, when I tell you, has to go your way. Very little, very little uh, issues in the game. Because if there are any, if there's a five-minute streak there, Dame, where they actually play defense and they go cold shooting, oh, you yeah. don't get 250. Like, you just don't get 250. I mean, so, Joe... Think about it this way.
2: For 250, right, what we're talking about, basic math, people, is 125 on both sides. Mm -hmm. Both teams getting to that. Joe, the Milwaukee Bucks, by my count, are the highest scoring team in the NBA. Yes. They average 120 a game.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's So,
2: so, so, And look at, like, the worst defense, right? Let's say the worst defense, the Wizards, right? Everyone scores against the Wizards. They give up 120 a game. Okay, yep. so we're saying that both things need to happen, right? Teams need to score more than the highest scoring team in the NBA. The Bucs have to outperform their their season average, and the mm-hmm. other team has to do it as well. That's a lot, Joe, and it's not yep. like, okay, the Bucs and the Rockets, they're not like defensive stalwarts per se, but they're not the worst defenses in the league. I mean, the Rockets give up 114 a game, but still, you need... Above and beyond what is normal, even for this combination, by a good ten points for you yes. to hit this over.
1: Yes, they. Um, it's interesting to note with the Bucs, though they are sitting, I, right through the end. I believe once we hit uh, the end of uh, 2019, their number was absurd. Dane, as far as uh, covering, they they covered 60 percent of their games through um, the end of December. All right, so I think they were 21 and 14. Uh, To that particular point, covering the games. The problem for the box is when they get so overvalued and they are clearly just going to coast kind of to the number one seed in the East, guys. It's not even close. Toronto may give them a run for it. Miami's in there, but Milwaukee is just heads and tails in the East above everybody else. Their limitations are going to show up in the playoffs, not the regular season. Uh, But they're six and eight in their last 14 against the number. So as a double-digit favorite, guys, they're terrible. They're 11 and 15. They're just, they hemorrhage money. In every other game, Dane, they are uh, they are very, very profitable. In fact, 16 and 7 against the number in those games where they're not double-digit favorites over the last two months. So they seem to take care of business when the value is in the single-digits ballpark. They're okay. But it's when the market starts to hammer them And all of a sudden now, instead of nine or eight, they're 10 and a half, 11. That's when they get into trouble because of how they play. They play so fast. They're up by by 18 at halftime, guys. They are not pushing the envelope in the second half. And they don't care about your spread. They're not risking. They're going to do just enough to be able to beat you. And that's it. So that's why they run into trouble when they get overvalued like that is because I would almost only bet them first half. Mm -hmm. Because they boat race you, they'll come out and they're going to come after you. They are going to put it out of reach by halftime. And then after that, it's really management bench, um, those types of things. And they're playing the long game,
2: right, Joe? They got to keep I know they're not load management like Kawhi with Giannis, right? But it could be a lot of things like we saw with Lamar Jackson early in the season. He didn't play most of the fourth quarters. We see this in college all the time. Okay, so almost to bring it to like a football kind of analogy uh, for the spread, the back door is open, right? And they don't care if they go from up 20 to up 10. They don't give a damn, right? It doesn't matter about your ATS ticket. And also, they need these guys like Giannis. They need them to have a little bit left in the tank come April and May.
1: It has to. I, I mean, guys, that's what you're you're looking at here. The All Star break uh, is coming up. Sure. We're already past the halfway point. So a lot of what you're going to yeah. see here is teams have a pretty good idea, and so do so do the guys that uh, that bet the NBA that have been following it. We have an idea of who's going to be where. That now I can tell you this: the Clippers, for instance, the Lakers still have a couple of game edge on them for the number one seed in the West. Yeah. Right? They don't home court. Doesn't, doesn't matter, matter to, to these experiences. Which locker room it are you in? Doesn't, right. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference to them. M- Milwaukee can coast the rest of the year here, Dane, and still the rest of the season, and still have the number one seed locked right. up. It's a lot of these other teams in the middle that you're talking about, like the Bostons, like the Miamis, yeah. uh, you know, and these low team Memphis, uh, for instance, battling, Portland sure. trying to get in, Outside of the top three in both conferences, guys, it, it's fairly simple here. It's it's going to be a four-game, you know, best four out of seven for the series and matchups. But home court, it's not nearly as big and important as some people make an emphasis on in the playoffs. And I don't know the teams are going to, especially at the top, try and get a 2 seed instead of a 3 seed. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that they're going to risk it. And Milwaukee has nothing to risk because— They're going to have the number one seed regardless, guys. Unless something tragic happens, they're not pushing me up. I'll
2: say this, though. I agree with that, Joe, in the East. In the West, I think it's slightly different. I give you the Lakers and Clippers, hey, they're both in L.A., whatever. They just go across the hallway. I will say this, though, Joe. Right now, the three and the four seed in the West are both known for big-time home court advantages, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Denver and Utah. All right. Denver and Utah, and listen, Denver is one game back of the Clippers for the two seed. All right? right. Utah is only a game, a game and a half back of that. I agree with you, Joe, but I do believe that Denver and Utah specifically are teams that are far better at home and are within reach of the Clippers for that two, three seed. I think Denver and Utah are the only
1: exceptions to this rule that you're talking about. Yes, but they all, both of those teams know that it's going through L.A. They, they are not going to have home court advantage Fair. at all in the playoffs. And, but in a Western Conference
2: semi, 2-3, I think that does
1: make a difference. I don't, I don't think. I don't, they're not to me, they're Against not the, Clippers, the two LA say? teams. They're not the LA team. You think the Clippers are cut above. In, they, to me, it's the two LA teams. Okay. Denver and Utah do play better at home, but ultimately Yes, you're, as a 3 or 4 seed, you are better than any 6, 7, or 8 seed. I don't care where you play. I'm you're talking beat. about 2-3 Western Conference semis. I don't know how you get out of not having to beat them in L.A. at some point in the game. Fair enough. I just, I don't know. I, I, like, that thin LA, air, I like that thin air, though. like that thin air in though. Denver. Yep, not against Utah, though. <laughs> that's the one team they right. can't beat.